Okay, we're back to podcast, and I hope everyone is doing well. You've had a good day so far, and uh, it's beautiful, beautiful weather. A little chillier, but uh, still beautiful. Lord's been good to us, been been, uh, blessed. Um, We are going to Psalm 37 in a moment, but before we do... um, I want to uh, I want to read from Third John. Third John. Those of you that have, have been listening, or you've been a Bible student most of your life, you know that uh, John had the Gospel. John had three epistles, and John also, of course, wrote the Book of Revelation. And um, I, I love the epistles of I, I love all the writings of John. Um, but in Third John, the third epistle of John, it's just a very short book. It's only 14 verses. Um, but there's there's verse 2. And those of you know uh, about Miss Betty. Miss Betty called yesterday, and uh, we had a good conversation with uh, a concern of hers. And um, she uh, had requested that we... Um, we pray for her. Everyone pray for Miss Betty Beaver. She found a, uh, the doctor uh, had noticed a spot on her tongue, and uh, he was concerned about it. It's about dime-sized, and uh, she has the sweetest spirit. I've never heard Miss Betty complain. Miss Betty is uh, it just keeps the sweetest spirit. The first Bible study that she ever missed was last week, and uh, never misses a, a service, um, and and has been under the weather. And um, I want you you all to pray for her and quote this verse. Here's a verse on health, Third uh, John verse two. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospereth. So, you know, we, we've got a, I've heard of groups out there, you know, that uh, that interpret Scripture wrongly and saying that uh, the Bible only speaks of spiritual health and spiritual betterment. Uh, then, you, of course, you've got the other, uh, the other end of being off balance where, you know, it's it's physical healing, physical healing all the time, but there is a balance, and uh, the the physical healing naturally comes after the spiritual and the soul healing. However, Third John here, John is praying and is saying that I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. And so it is, it is the will of God that we be in health as our bodies are used for God and for his glory. And, um, and so, you know, there are times, of course, eventually our bodies are going to give out and we're, we're going to go to be with him. But there's more for us to do and there's more work for us to do for him and, and more glorification to give to him, uh, we pray that God would would work and bless the health of Miss Betty. So I do want you to pray for Miss Betty Beaver, and uh, I promised her that we would continue to pray. We'll uh, lay hands and and anoint her with oil on Sunday if she's able to come. Um, 
but I'd like for her to stick around with us a while. Be here, be here a while, long while, another thirty years, forty years with us, and I uh, love her. Thank God for her, and we are praying for a good, good uh, diagnosis there. Okay, all right. Go to Psalm thirty-seven with me. Psalm thirty-seven. We're going to look at together in the uh, scriptures, Psalm 37. Last week we were in Psalm 27. And if you if you were paying attention, I, I spoke of two of my favorite psalms. And when I did, I told you of these two psalms, Psalm 27, Psalm 37. Psalm 27 we did last week on Sunday. This week we're going to the 37th Psalm. Psalm 37 we're going to look at. Psalm 37. And uh, it's got one of my favorite verses in this. I don't know how much we'll get through. We'll, we'll try to cover a good portion of it. Uh, a lot of ground in it. But Psalm 37, it says a Psalm of David. So again, this is a Psalm that David has penned. And he, he starts off and he uses the term fret. Of course, fret means to worry or to be nervous over. Fret not thyself because of evildoers. And so uh, a lot of times uh, Christian folks, God's people can uh, get their eyes on the prospering and of the wicked, the blessings it seems like of the wicked where it seems like the wicked are are winning, uh, they are ahead of the game, that they are uh, prospering. And uh, it's frustrating when you look at uh, God's folks and folks uh, going through battles and worries and fears and doctor reports and things like that and uh, financial woes and just, just the overall battles and strife of life. And and we see that the wicked doesn't doesn't always face those things. They don't they don't go through those things. And and the the David is saying here, don't worry, don't fret yourself because of evildoers, and don't be neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. So don't be jealous of their prosperity of or over uh, what is going well for them. For they shall soon be cut down, cut down like grass, and wither as the green herb. Now, here's two verses as we have dealt with prayer and praying the Psalms that I want to look at. The first is verse 3, trust in the Lord, to trust in Him. As And in, in the idea here is that of a child trusting in their parent. Have you ever... Uh, had your children, maybe it was a pool, maybe it was a uh, the couch, maybe it was a chair, maybe it was a table, but they're on top of it, and your arms are reached out, and they want to jump in your arms, but they were nervous, they were, they were a little bit fearful about it, a little bit untrusting, and your arms are stretched out, saying, come on, come on, come on, come to dad, jump, give it a jump. And they'll come to the pool, they'll come to the edge, and they'll think about it, and then they'll back up. Then they'll come back to the edge and think about it, and they'll back up. And what they're they're attempting to do is to gain a trust level with you that you're going to catch them, 
should you jump now? Or should they jump? Their their trust level, their, their trust is not having to do with you. They love you. They trust you. They know you're their parent. They know you, they, you care about them. They know that you want good for them and not harm. But the trust is in your ability to catch them. Are you going to mess up? Are you going to slip? Are you going to drop them? And that therein lies where we get this verse, to trust in the Lord. That would mean to commit, just to go to the edge and jump off, to give him our full commitment. A lot of times we, we don't do that. A lot of times we dip our toe in the water, we test the water, we think about it, we think about the ramifications, we think about and analyze and process and calculate and do so many things um, that really are a lack of faith in not his love necessarily, but his ability to catch us, his ability to take care of us. And sometimes, I'll be honest with you, it's 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 might not be in his ability, it could be in his willingness. I know I've I've thought that before. I've I've prayed that before. I've said, God, I know you can. My my concern and question is, will you? Will you do this? And the Bible admonishes us to trust in the Lord, to commit, to not dip our toe in the water, to go to the edge and jump. Trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. So this is God promising us the blessings of him should we rightly trust in him. Now verse 4, verse 4 is is the verse I really want to look at. I want to, it's, it's not the verse that I was referring to earlier where my favorite, one of my favorite verses, but it's a verse that I do want to analyze um, this this evening as we look at the word of God together. Delight thyself also in the Lord. Okay. This this is a this is a, a just this is a key verse. If we're looking at our prayer lives and we're studying the Psalms, this is a key verse that we must understand. If there'll be as we look in these these prayer uh, examples and these Psalms in the next several weeks and months there will be some key verses that we'll, we'll examine in these studies. This is one of those key verses, okay? I want you to look at this with me. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Okay. So we've been talking about prayer. We've been talking about God answering prayer. We've been talking about... Um, having success in our prayer lives. We've been talking about God working and moving in our prayer lives. The Bible says that the first prerequisite to that is to delight thyself in Him. Now, I find delight in a lot of things. I do. I enjoy life. I enjoy life. I enjoy being outside. I enjoy the mountains, the beach, the rivers. 
Um, I don't even have to be doing anything. I, I'll go hunting, but it, to me, it's more about being out there, being in the woods. Um, I'll go on the rivers and pray and into the mountains and pray. I enjoy sitting by the, the seaside and reading and praying and just looking at it, jumping in the water. I enjoy life. I enjoy uh, watching a, a game. I enjoy sports. Um, enjoy my dog, my family. Enjoy, you know, my friends. But God, the, the reality is those things are the desires of my heart. Okay? Now, stay with me. Those are things that I, I have, I love, I desire. They're things that God has given me and that I enjoy. The key to this thing, the key to this to getting the prayers answered, the key to seeing God move and work and answering prayer to the affirmative is to find the light in Him. To find not as much as, but even more delight in fellowship with Him than we do anything else. And the reality is, that sometimes we we have to get to that place where we, that's why I've, I've preached for really since the inception of our our church, the founding of our church. It, but especially lately, is falling in love with Jesus. Week in and week out, I've been preaching, I've been hammering home messages about Him, teaching about Him, talking about Him, talking of His wonder and His goodness and the relationship aspect of our journey. And the reason is, is because I want you all that listen to me teach to know how how lovely he is, how wonderful he is, how great he is. I want you to find your delight in him. I want you to see him like I do. I want you to be in love with him like I do. I want you to to walk with him like like he wants you to walk with him. And we find that the more the Bible says to know him is to love him, okay? And as we know him better, we find our great delight in him. And as we do, we'll begin to see that our desires of our heart change. Do you see that? The desires of our heart change. The desires of our heart go from being something of a selfishness or something of, of a temporal gain to things that would enrich our lives, things that would enrich our journey, things that would make life a better life. And when we're young, we don't we we don't look at life in such a manner. And when we're younger, we look at life in more material gain and more material aspects of it. 
as we age and we get older, we we look at life in a much different capacity. We we look at life in terms of the experience. You know, I keep flowers around. I remember as a young man, I didn't. That was the last thing on my mind. You know, just enjoying the beauty of a of a flower being in the house or a flower being in the yard and things like that. The calming effect of it, uh, just just walks outdoors. Um, as I've fell more in love with him, it's amazing how I've found the things that I have delighted in differently. I remember as a kid or as a younger Christian, younger person, you know, God, if you love me, do this or do, you know, act this way or move this way towards me. But as an older person, I can walk through through a, a field, I can walk through mountains, I can walk through somewhere and I can look around and, and see the beauty that God lets me see. And I find that my delight is different and he loves me by letting me experience those things. Now, concerning our prayer lives, delight thyself also in the Lord and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Okay? Now there's a couple things there. When when our delight is in him, the desires of our heart will be they will be contoured to him. They will be uh, the desires of our heart will be affixed on things that he wants us to have. So you've got a guarantee of an answered prayer there. Okay. And we have to believe it to be the will of God. And we will then pray in accordance to the will of God. Do you remember what Jesus said in the Garden of Gethsemane? He said, Not thy will, but my or not my will, but thine, O Lord, or but thy will, O God. And we are admonished throughout the Bible to pray according to the will of God. And we're admonished throughout the Bible to to submit our wills to his. Well, how do we know his will? We know his will as we delight in him, as we learn his word, and we commit ourselves. We submit ourselves. God, this is not my body. This is yours. I'm bought with a price. What you want for me, I will delight in. What you want for me, I will accept. What you want for me will, will be the, what's best for me. And what you want from me, I will find my love and my delight in you. And I've heard it said often, and it's, it's, it's true. The more we fall in love with him, the more we know him, the more our, our will bends to the will of him, and therefore our prayers change to the will of his prayer. And his desire, and when that occurs, we got guaranteed one hundred percent success rate in prayer, and that's what the psalmist is saying here. Now, that doesn't mean that you know when when we we pray for healing, or we pray for a financial blessing, or we pray for a building. We've been praying for a building. That doesn't mean that we don't move the hand of God necessarily 
in, in a manner that we are desiring. It, it's just a matter of us being able to persist in prayer against the powers of hell that seek to fight our prayers from getting answered. But as we do so, you, you take good health, for example. Think about this verse. Now look, somebody that is not faithful, somebody that doesn't live like they love God, somebody that doesn't talk like they love God, somebody that doesn't act like they love God, you can't throw this verse out there and say, Lord, would you heal me? No. One must one must have their bodies and their lives submitted to him to see him do something so miraculous. In other words, be here for a reason, and that reason being here is to glorify and to live and to honor him and to fellowship with him. And so if, if that's where you are in life and you're at that place, then naturally you would pray, Lord, I want to be here. Like Paul said, I have a desire to part, uh, to depart, which is far better, but it's more profitable that I be here with you. Lord, if you'll leave me here and keep me alive, Lord, I live for you. I will worship for you. I will uh, study more for you. I'll be a blessing to others. I'll live with a pure heart. And notice how the prayer is going. It is conforming to his will of what he wants. A building, for instance. We can go to prayer and say, Lord, we believe it to be your will that we we have a place to worship and come together and be able to have Sunday school and Bible studies and fellowships and, and things such as that to promote the gospel, to promote fellowship with you. And we persist in prayer in that manner, not just because we want a beautiful stained glass building to look out of, not because we just want a comfortable place to worship, but we want a place that can be used for your glory. That's how you would pray for something like that, okay? Whether it be a, a, a new a new vehicle or a new home or a home. Lord, I, I need a place to, to live. I need a place to stay. In this place, I'm going to worship. And in this place, I'm going to, to, to pray. And in this place, it's going to be a place of fellowship with you. And this vehicle that's going to take me to and from church. And it's going to help me to be able to be a blessing to others possibly. And to, to do my job. You see, you see how we should pray? And when we pray in that manner, we cover a lot of things. Number one, my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. We're praying in terms of need. But it's also in terms of want. But it's wants and needs that are, are used to glorify and honor God for our lives. From, from my home my children, my church, relationships in my life, every, everything that, that I, I, I have in my life, I can, I can attest to praying for each one, every single one of them. And in those, in those prayers, I've prayed, that typically how I pray is, Lord, I want them to be a Bethany. 
And Bethany, of course, is a place that Jesus came and was comfortable, a place that Jesus came and he, he, he was at home, if you please, amongst friends. And I've said, Lord, in every aspect, I want, I want you to be a Bethany in my life. And these things that you give me, I want them, want them to be Bethany's, where you're there and you're comfortable and you can be glorified and honored. And so therein we've got the answer to verse 4. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Verse 5. Verse 5 hearkens to what I was teaching a few moments ago. Commit, just like that child standing on the edge of the pool, thinking about jumping into daddy's arms, thinking about jumping into mama's arms. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Jump into his arms. And the Bible says, Trust in also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. Try it like that. Try the prayer like that. Try the prayer in terms of committing and trusting and giving and promising and delighting and loving and glorifying God and watch God do it. And he shall bring forth righteousness as the light and thy judgment as the noonday. And then it comes to verse 7. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. At that point we come to the place of resting in the Lord and waiting patiently for him. Resting just what are you doing? I'm resting in Jesus. I'm just waiting on Jesus. Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way, because of the man who bringeth wickedness to pass. Cease from anger, forsake wrath. Fret not thyself in any wise way to do evil. So to stay away from anger, wrath. Okay? Uh, anger is be is is a mad. You ever heard someone say mad? They're mad. That means they're crazy. That means they're out of their heads. Okay, wrath is uncontrolled anger. Jesus got angry a time or two, but he was always under control. And the Bible says, verse number nine: for for evil doers shall be soon shall be cut off, but those that wait upon the Lord they shall inherit the earth. For yet a little while, and the wicked shall not be. Yea, thou shalt diligently consider his place, and it shall not be. But the meek shall inherit the earth, and shall delight thyselves in the abundance of peace. Okay? Um, the wicked plotteth against the just, gnasheth upon him with his teeth. The Lord shall laugh at him, for he seeth that his day is coming. The wicked have drawn out the sword, have bent their bow to cast down the poor and needy and to slay such as be of upright conversation. Their sword shall enter into their own heart, and their bows shall be broken. A little that a righteous man hath is better than the riches of many wicked. Okay? So I'm, I'm going to stop right there tonight. Verse number 16, and then we're going to pick up on Sunday... And we're going, to, we're going to get through the rest of the chapter. Psalm 37, verses 1 through 16. But what have we seen so far? 
the psalmist is struggling here with the wicked prospering, the wicked being blessed, and he can't seem to get his prayers answered. And what he, what God is continually reassuring him, as well as reassuring us, is that it won't always be like this. And we have to persist in prayer, trust and rest, trust and commit, trust and delight. That's what those verses, those first opening seven verses of this chapter are chock full of. Trusting and delighting, trusting and committing, then trusting and resting. Just like a child on top of that pool, jumping in arms. Daddy's arms, mom's arms. Okay? Let's go back and examine that. Delight thyself also in the Lord. He shall give thee the desires of thy heart. Can't you see that little boy, little girl laughing, joking, giggling, their parent with their outstretched arms? They're delighting themselves. Then they jump. Why do they jump? They jump because they are committing themselves. As they commit themselves, they, they land in their arms. And when they land in their arms, what do they do? They rest. They rest because they're at peace. And they're at safety. And they're at a place, ladies and gentlemen, where they're at complete understanding that I can rest in his arms and he take care of me. That's where I want you to be. That's what I want you to see. That's what I want you to grasp. To cease from the fret and fretting, cease from the worry, cease from the fear. Where does that come from? It comes with delighting in him and it comes with committing to him. Okay? I'm preaching Sunday on storms. Okay, unless the Lord changes it. But in my mind right now, we're preaching on storms. And I've been talking about it. And um, and I've, I've been praying about it all week. But there's an account in, in Scripture that we're going to look at. And folks are going through some storms right now. Folks are going through some, some battles right now. They're going through some situations right now. And I want to be sensitive to it. And I want you to rest in Him. I want you to comfort in Him. And I want you to know his ability to calm the storm. So be here Sunday. Be at church on Sunday, 9.30, Sunday morning, as we deal with storms. I hope you have a great, great rest of your week. And I'll see you Sunday dealing with the storms of life. I love you and good night.